Hello, 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 gorgeous. Welcome to Spiritpreneur. (laughs) You are on with Aviola, and today, as usual, we are taking self-love to self-launch. This inspiring conversation and empowerment podcast was created for spirit-based and conscious entrepreneurs like you by me, and so we have incredible conversation. So if you haven't already shared us with a friend, please do. Today's guest is Medina Labakin, who is coming to us from Australia as a holistic, intuitive life coach and entrepreneur. Now, this holistic entrepreneur is very inspiring, not only for the things that she has experienced, but because with her work as a teacher, she delves into things that we don't usually talk about, such as grief. And so today, we're going to be focusing on how to transform what Medina calls a problem life and all that that consists of. But before we do that, Medina, tell us what your beautiful, glorious name means and how you found your way to this work. Woo! <laughs> well, thank you, Aviola. I feel so blessed to be here. Uh, thank you so much. And isn't it wonderful to come from Australia to America and be able to connect in this way? Um, <laughs> it feels <Yes>. wonderful. Uh, <laughs> My my name is really interesting, actually. I I got it through in a meditation uh, about 15 years ago, and the name came through, and I didn't have any knowledge of the meaning of the name, but I just resonated with it. And, you know, when you hear your name spoken all the time, it's very powerful because it has a vibration. And uh, I realized afterwards when I took the name on, I researched it, and the actual meaning in Sanskrit, the root of the name Medina, Medha, is um, an amazing meaning that I had no idea at the time when I brought it through, but it means divine, feminine, sacred power. And it's interesting because that is very largely my role, which is empowering women. So it was like the perfect name for everything that I that I wanted, the vibration really sort of uh, suited me and and I loved it and so I've had the name now for 15 years. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful, Medina. When I was researching you and I saw the meaning of your name, I was like, absolutely, I must have this woman on this show to have this dialogue because that is what we are all about, sacred feminine power. And so how long have you been doing this work, Medina, both, you know, personally and professionally? Can you share with us what your path has been? Absolutely, sure. Well, I've always felt an inner urge to to do meditation, but I was really spurred on, particularly when my daughter, who's now 23, she was two years old, and she was going through that time that many two-year-olds go through where they disagree with everything and I would say to her can you please do this can you please do that and she'd say no I don't want to and I thought (laughs) I don't want to I don't want to get up there I don't want to shout I really think I need to learn to meditate here (laughs) so that was the moment that I started to um, learn meditation and it's funny because I went into the group and the teacher said to me after a few uh, lessons trainings in meditation she said 
you're going to be teaching this yourself to a group soon. And I thought, what? I, I can't imagine that. I don't think that's going to happen. And sure enough, you know, <laughs> in not too long, I was teaching meditation and then I just um, became really absorbed in a whole lot of holistic modalities. Um, I became a Reiki master and did a whole lot of training in different holistic areas. I think often Reiki is uh, a bit of a springboard into other areas. And um, I did uh, me- quite many uh, many levels of training through full sensory perception which is a training where you go in and you work on yourself and you clear all your chakras and you clear all your energy and you learn how to work with other people and so I did a whole range of training and absolutely loved it and continued to teach meditation and uh, I've just absolutely loved it I've, I've brought it into my life holistically so it's it's trying to combine with a whole range of different skills i i love to work uh in a practical way as well you know as a life coach with you know working with people's businesses social media marketing but bringing in that holistic element you know with the spirituality and everything is really powerful and and that's what i really love to do best <laughs> i love it i love it and i love that you call yourself a holistic entrepreneur because for so many of us who have these gifts that we then have to realize okay you know that I have to be an entrepreneur in order to put it out into the world can you share with us what it means for you to be a holistic entrepreneur and whether you received any resistance from anyone in your life with this journey sure well um, great questions <laughs> I love your questions well the the Part of being a holistic entrepreneur means that you have a lot of different skills, I think, in a lot of areas. Um, for example, I, I write books and I'm a published author, so uh, I, I love that side of things. I, I'm also, I do a whole range of creative things, but I love uh, writing music and recording it, and so I've had internationally published songs under the name of Sonic Remedy. And I have a website as well, uh, Sonic Remedy. And I think that um, using all your gifts um, holistically, like, for example, I I shoot my own videos. I have a green screen and (laughs) I go in and I pick these amazing backgrounds like unicorns and fairies and all sorts of beautiful things and I put them on my videos and and I just think having a lot of different skills is, is is really powerful um, and you can you know be multi-dimensional when you when you've got a whole range of skills I've got a USB microphone I record courses audio courses with that all that sort of thing so that's that's the entrepreneur side and holistic means bringing in the spiritual the mental the emotional and the physical aspects so looking at those or in balance and working with them in balance so that you're not leaving anything out all those areas uh, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, they've got their own um, sort of form of um, importance and, and they all need recognition and validation. So working with all those levels is is a very um, important thing to do and that's part of being holistic, I think. Uh, so, for example, you know, emotionally, um, if, you, if you're feeling emotionally um, drained or something, it's a sign that you need to go in and, and fill up your cup on the emotional level. So it's going in and acknowledging your, your emotions 
and allowing them to come up and, and working with them. So it's like a person that has um, its own needs, your emotional body is. And so if it's going through a difficult patch, you have to go in and, and, and just really um, work with that aspect of yourself and acknowledge that and allow that to, to be uh, sort of released and transmuted in a sense if, if you have um, negative emotions coming up. Oh wow, we have so much in common, Medina. That I I love your your videos with your unicorns in the background, and so we actually we have to have another conversation, my sister, where we can put some unicorns and some magic, and we have to have a video conversation where people can see oh, you lovely. and all. We have to do that again. <laughs> oh, so, that would okay. be wonderful. Love <laughs> that would be so inspiring. Okay, so to get to today's topic. A lot of our listeners are spiritual entrepreneurs, healers, coaches, people like you and I who are Reiki practitioners, etc., who are going through transition because that's what life is. Any of us at any point in time, you know, what goes up must come down, what goes down must come up is going through some sort of transition. Now, you started to touch a bit on how to refill your cup. Before we get into that, Medina, I would love for you to share your story, some of the grief that you personally have experienced, uh, the worst really, and um, just share your story a bit with us, please. Sure, absolutely. And uh, I, I do acknowledge too at the moment there is a lot of transition happening because the planet's really shifting into a higher vibration, which means that all our deep stuff that we've been able to sort of avoid <laughs> and hide for so long is really coming up now to be transmuted. And this is a gift because it means that we're able to release it fully and really step into um, a higher quality life. So if people, and I, I really notice that, that this is happening in a big way on the planet at the minute, if people are feeling large levels of you know, things coming up, it's all in alignment and, and it, it is actually a gift. So it's how you look at it as well because it's allowing us to really grow and evolve and, and have better lives. But... um. So in terms of my own uh, path and what I've experienced, uh, I went through um, a lot of grief in terms of losing a small baby. I was about to give birth to a baby and she passed. Her name was Georgia. And this was an enormous experience for me as it is you know, for many others. It's for me it was like um, the light was shut off and I was going through like a dark tunnel. And so for me it was how to navigate my way through that darkness and get to the other side. And I knew that this journey was going to be one that would be really um, empowering. And it was actually probably the most empowering experience I've ever had because it made me realize my own strength and I, in a sense, I felt like I carried other people through that experience because other people were, were so affected by it as well uh, and they'd come to me for counselling. <laughs> I was a mum. So it was interesting how it panned out. But 
I, I also think we go through experiences so that we can help other people with that experience. But in terms of the grief, how I worked through it was I I did a lot of writing. I find writing is really cathartic. You know, I have a website, My Creative Therapies, and I think being creative and using your creative gifts can allow you to really uh, work through um, really sort of difficult emotions and to, to transmute them. So writing um, was really powerful at that time and took me through that tunnel. And um, using a lot of the skills that I have for self-nurturing, you know, realize, recognizing that there are certain times in your life that you really need to do a lot of self-nurturing and being really kind on yourself and I have currently what I call an inspirational balance life program where I, I work with people who um, I get to raise their vibration to a certain level of consciousness and when you're at that level of consciousness your life flows much better everything flows much better so it's incorporating things into your life which bring you the greatest joy so, for example, writing down a list of all the things that inspire you and, and give you great levels of joy and rate them on a scale of 1 to 10. And then make sure that you incorporate every day some of those elements into your day because that means that continually throughout the day you'll be doing things that are at a higher vibration and that raises your level of vibration uh, permanently throughout your um, week. And so that, that means that on, on many different levels, our lives will flow so much more um, beautifully, smoothly. We'll be able to manifest much easier and all those types of things. So, you know, it's being aware of all those things, I think, that really help you through a difficult time. And also acknowledging, as I said earlier, the, the negative emotions that come up. You know, each one of those is like... Um, a little child, like, you know, sadness, grief, that wants to be um, recognized. And it's about going into the pain so it can come up and be released. It's not pushing it away or suppressing it. Like a ball, you know, you push a ball under, a rubber ball under the water and it keeps bouncing up. So it's like if you keep trying to push it under the water, it's going to keep bouncing up. So it's about really acknowledging it and validating it and allowing it to be expressed and creativity is such a great source of that, whether you draw, whether you write, whether you do music and sing, you know, using all those types of resources and tools. I think that that will be very, very helpful for many of our listeners. And I would love to highlight a couple of the things that you said, Medina. Thank you, first of all, for sharing with us your story about your baby and your beautiful baby Georgia and what you experienced. I want to highlight that you said, you know, acknowledging the negative emotion and going into the pain, really treating each of those emotions as, you know, a child that wants to be heard. I think that this is so important and so unacknowledged oftentimes within our community as uh, spiritual people, seekers, you know, people who are on the spiritual path or however they define, you know, their own personal journeys, to share with you that just actually earlier this week, I posted on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash planetabiola, 
I often post emotional freedom technique, EFT videos, as well as other video lessons, etc. And one of my longtime tribe members said that she found the process to be empowering for her because we started off talking about the negative emotions that we feel in in the exercise that I did. And she said that she wasn't used to that because there's sort of a stigma like, okay, positive energy, positive thinking, positive speaking. People take that to think that we mean denying the shadow, denying, you know, the, the negative quote unquote things that we experience. Can you please speak a bit more about that, about giving way for the pain to be transmuted? Absolutely. Uh, that's a really good point because the thing is we all have a shadow self, a, an aspect of that within us and the more light that you can hold is also interestingly the amount of shadow that you can acknowledge and recognize. So the more you can acknowledge and validate that shadow aspect of who you are, the greater amount of light you can shine in the world and it sort of seems ironic or, or, or like it would be the opposite, but in fact, that that's the case. <laughs> it's it, it, it's a, a very interesting um, concept to wrap your head around. Um, I think that your question of how to acknowledge the shadow self is a really good one. Um, I think t- to really recognize that we are, you know, human beings, we're living in a reality that that can be you know quite dense at times it is um, quite a heavy energy on the earth at many times Uh, and the thing is we have chosen to you know have this experience to be here so that we can experience the full range of emotions and the more that we sort of pretend they're not there or suppress them and that sort of thing you know they, they, they get it sort of feeds the energy of them and it gives them power So I think to have some sort of routine where you allow yourself to go in and and look at those aspects of yourself um, in your life and don't push them away. I mean, one of the things that we do to avoid this is our day-to-day schedules of, it's called a hurried sickness where we just rush around doing things nonstop all day and... uh, we, we don't have time to sit quietly and reflect on what we're really feeling. So, you know, having those moments throughout the day where we can be in stillness, where we can just be quiet, where we can stop the busyness and, and just go within and acknowledge. And, you know, meditation is such an important and powerful aspect of that because meditation really allows us to still the thoughts, still the mind, and to be able to... Um, go within and and feel and um, also raise raise our consciousness and vibration uh, when we tap into something higher than ourselves. So, you know, all those things are really important. I think. I I agree, Medina. I agree, and I think that a gift, a sister gift of meditation and mindfulness is non-attachment. So let's talk about non-attachment and if you are going through a difficult time, what that, how that can be transformative. First of all, Medina, can you please define for our listener the, what is non-attachment? How do you define it? Absolutely. Well, the, the, the Buddhist philosophy is very much, uh, 
built upon these types of paradigms. So what non-attachment is, is when you are attached emotionally to an outcome or an expectation, then um, you have levels of attachment. For example, you know, um, so you love food and you, and you really enjoy eating food. And so, of course, when, you know, things start to um, be challenging in your life, you look upon food as your way of feeling better. So you, you eat more and you have more cakes and <laughs> that sort of thing. You know, that's a level of attachment. And we all generally have levels of attachment in our lives. So I think it's really powerful to look at what attachments we do have. You know, and they really range. For some people, it's material things. For some people, it's, you know, food, as I mentioned. For some people, it's uh, relationships. You know, you might be really attached to a relationship in your personal life that's not empowering you. It's, it's not benefiting you. But there's a codependency, and and so you're you're stuck in that relationship because you have attachment to it. But to release the attachment and be able to let go and surrender that relationship, you're going to really um, get to a better place and to a higher level. So, I think acknowledging and recognizing what attachments you do have. Uh, for me, I know that I I can be attached to relationships. To me, the most important thing is um, my loved ones and and people in my life. So. For me, an enormous lesson, and that's why I run this parenting group, Parents After Kids, um, an enormous lesson for me has been to let go of, of my children because there's a, there has been levels of attachment there. And um, I think for, for kids to really thrive and do well, mothers um, go through various stages, even you know all the teenage years and everything, where they're, they're, they're really being asked to surrender and let go in unconditional love and have levels of, of non-attachment and that's a real process for a lot of parents because it is hard to do you know we're so invested in our children we love them so dearly and yet we're often asked to really let go and that, that often happens prematurely as well when people go through divorce because sometimes the children go and live with one parent and the other one sometimes gets left out and you know there's different things like parental alienation where uh, parents are even alienated by their child um, for you know different reasons. So I think that those levels of non-attachment are really something that we are learning throughout our life and we get different lessons in that at different times. I'm currently myself um, working on total non-attachment with food. I've t totally changed my diet and now I just eat food that is really honouring and nurturing my temple, my body, as opposed to eating food that, you know, I, I used to always eat healthily, but I'd, you know, have a cake here and there and I really enjoy the taste of that. But now I'm not necessarily eating food that I enjoy the taste of so much, but I, I'm enjoying it because it's honouring my temple and it's a different perspective that I think is also a new level of um, spiritual awareness and um, being able to let go of that attachment to the food so that I can get to new levels um, as a spiritual being. I think that that's beautiful, and I think that I I think that you know we do have these attachments to food or to our relationships. Uh, you spoke about your relationship with your children and how it is important to practice non-attachment in that arena. Can you speak to? I know that you uh, in your bio you mentioned that divorce was one of the things that you experienced and. 
So how, if someone is going through a divorce, you know, does she practice non-attachment in that area? Because, you know, the whole, we have the whole concept of, you know, romance and, and you'll be with this person until you die together and, you know, so that you are attached to them. How do they, how do people, even people in healthy relationships practice non-attachment when it comes to love? Sure. Yes, that that's a really good one. <laughs> that's definitely been one of my lessons. Well, the funny thing is, um, as a healer, light worker, when I went into relationships when I was younger, I would see the potential of the person. I'd not necessarily see their true self in reality, but I'd see their potential. So, um, you know, I'd go into relationships with someone, and it wouldn't be necessarily the right relationship in the sense of. Um, honoring me in, in that way but I would be learning enormous lessons from this in terms of myself and of course everything that we do is perfect it's all in alignment and it's all growth so that we don't we never make mistakes it's all just learning and experience but um in terms of that I I went I married this person who I saw the potential and and they weren't actually like what I thought they were <laughs> If you can understand what I'm saying, so then we I was married. I want to interrupt you, sis. I want to interrupt you to, to just acknowledge so, and say to you, yes, we all acknowledge and understand what you're saying. Please go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. So then, uh, this person, I um was back to actually 15 years and had children with. Um, then we went through this divorce and I'll tell you, it was the greatest growth experience for me because it was um, something that I, of course, as a, as a healer and a light worker, I don't like conflict. I love people to get along. I love people to love each other. And uh, we went through this experience of divorce and the other party was extremely hostile the whole way toward me. So what that allowed me to do was, um, and you know, it was a great learning experience because there were times I wasn't good at it and there were times I was good at it but at the deepest darkest times when I had the most um, sort of um, abuse or negativity being flown in my direction I would send the person forgiveness and forgiveness is honestly one of the most powerful things that we can do on this planet is to totally from that really deep inner heart space to forgive and I would go into forgiveness and I would send that person love and I swear, I would go into grace. I would rise above and I would feel this energy of grace um, with me that allowed me to get to these amazing spiritual levels that I never would have experienced if I hadn't experienced that uh, negativity coming at me. And then I, I do feel that it's really important to look at these experiences from a higher perspective, it's like, you know, sitting in an audience and looking at a play. There's just this drama and this play going on in this stage in front of you. And you don't have to, in a sense, attach too much. You can try to look at it as an objective observer. And that's, in a sense, what I tried to do with this experience. And understanding also the concept that Neil Donald Walsh talked about, which is that you come into the world with... All beings, essentially, we love each other and we're here to help each other. And you might have said to this person, you know, on the other side before you came in, I really need to learn tolerance or I really need to learn compassion. 
So how can you best teach me this lesson? And they come in and they say, well, I'm going to be this really difficult ex-husband who just throws all this abuse at you and yeah. this is going to teach you to really rise above, be the best that you can be, really tap into your spiritual reservoirs <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and be this amazing person that you would not have been unless you'd been through this experience. So really I honour that soul for everything and, and, and I still experience like 10 years after divorce and he's remarried, I still experience a lot of those emotions coming towards me. But um, I send this person healing, blessings and, and, and try not to be attached to it and, and also use it as a... Um, means and I'm not always perfect but I try to use it as a means to rise above and, and, and be in a higher state and work on those practices and principles of forgiveness. Um, you know, there are many people I know that do forgiveness practice every day both with themselves, forgiving themselves and forgiving others. And this is one of the quickest ways that we can really uh, transmute and change this whole entire planet and, and get to a, a beautiful um space where everyone is living in love peace harmony which is what we all want you know if we work with forgiveness on that personal scale that can be incredibly powerful i i agree i agree 100 percent, and i love that you kind of painted a picture of the agreements that we have with a person, you know, that we could have made with a person before we came into this consciousness and said, okay, these are the lessons that we're going to get together and I would like for you to teach me or I would like to learn from our experience together and really seeing the relationship as complete. It completed itself and you moved on. And I, I feel very strongly that forgiveness is the way, you know, as challenging as it is sometimes, it's not easy at all, <laughs> but it's not at all. Well, it's interesting. Have... No, no. It's so interesting. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt, but the, the word forgive, it means forgive. So you give before you're actually given the opportunity to be in forgiveness. Do you understand? So it's like um, before you are given anything positive and you're going through that, that's when you give because it's giving before. That's the for giving part. So I love the English language. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is amazing. And it's so beautiful, you know, when we think about what words mean. And the Hope and Open No practice, I think, is a really great forgiveness practice. I, I know that I have on one of my meditation albums, a Hope and Open No um, meditation, but people can just Google it and find a forgiveness practice. And Abraham Hicks also with her book of positive aspects, I think it's a really great way to find grace if you're going through something with someone to sit and and as Medina mentioned journaling write as many positive aspects as you can about this person and really you know raise your vibration around the incident now I know that you are also you teach women in the area of parenting Medina how how does a parent raise a conscious child i know that you also write children's books how how do you bring these practices to your children at different ages 
Sure. Well, I think it's easier when they're younger because they're so much more receptive. <laughs> you know, when they're little, they, they really work with you. You can do these amazing meditations like, for example, you can work with a worry tree. So a little child who has problems and worries, you, you tell them to visualize this big giant grandfather worry tree and it's got these big branches and then they hang all their worries on the tree and release them. So you can do these amazing meditations. I think teaching uh, children from a young age that there is something higher than themselves, you know, I'm, whatever way that you have your own spirituality, um, you know, I honor all people's paths and all people's spirituality. So finding um, your way to express to a child that there is something higher than themselves than themselves that is really a benevolent force that is caring about them, that that loves them and that they're always protected, they're never alone, they're always safe. You know, giving those really powerful foundations to children I think is so important and, you know, uh, teaching them to be able to go within and tap into uh, their authentic self, you know, their inner self because that gift, the ability to, to find our power and our connection from within is really what's missing on, in a lot of the Western culture and a lot of Western society at this time. At this time. You know, we're, we're very externalized. We look outside ourselves for our, you know, pleasure and our happiness, but that's not where it comes from. It's always coming from the inner. So teaching children those types of gifts, you know, learning to love themselves, is you know the biggest one looking in the mirror and saying their name and saying I love you Medina I love you and really looking in their eye and saying that every day you know um, allowing them to express their emotions about how they're feeling so that honoring and validating their emotional body um, I, I, I brought my children up with these principles and I think it's really stood them in good stead you know one of my daughters was a school captain and the other one got the award for um for the school for you know all community and drama and sport and academic and everything and i think the reason that they they did so well was because they had this inner foundation of principles that um gave them a really strong solid base and i don't know if they necessarily acknowledged that <laughs> but that's what i see anyway and <laughs> and Beautiful. um so, yeah, yeah. So I hope that answers that question. <laughs> it does answer that question. I love the idea of the worry tree. I think that that's beautiful. I'm going to teach uh, my niece that. I have a, a two-year-old niece. And I think that that's a beautiful practice for us as adults. Put your put your worries in the worry tree and watch them to float away. That's a beautiful visualization for us as well. Oh, lovely. Thank you. I have that meditation actually available um, if, if people would like to contact me I can send them that meditation for children and um, you know that that will be a gift to any of the listeners that would like that oh that's lovely how do they contact you to, to receive that sure well uh, they can go to my um, Facebook page parents after kids and uh, just like my page and uh, private message me there or they can join the group parents after kids or they can go to my creative therapies my website and uh, contact me there on the contact page and just um, say I'm a listener you know I'd love to get that meditation and I'll send that off to them so 
Um, yeah, I also do holistic, you know, life coaching, and I work one-on-one with with people as well. So if anyone's interested in that, they're most welcome to contact me, and I can work with you on Skype or FaceTime and um, do really powerful sessions. I channel divine wisdom and knowledge, and I get some amazing things. I'll tell you a story. Um, there was this one woman. I was doing a healing session with her and she went into like a deep state of meditation. And and when we'd finished the session, I thought, oh, I'm not sure how what I'll do next. And then I just got guided to um, sing her, which I, I rarely ever do. I sang her the song Evergreen by Barbara Streisand, which is a beautiful high vibrational love uh, song. It's just a, a stunning song. And I sang the song to her and then she came out of this deep state of meditation and, and came back into her body, grounded herself and, and I said to her, oh, I was just guided to sing you this song. And she said, oh, I can't believe it. She said, that is my favorite song. She said, it was my song that my husband and I had as our theme song at our wedding and I just love that song so much. So that song was so powerful to her that that was the thing that brought her out of this deep state of healing and meditation and you no, know, things like that happen all the time in my sessions. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. That is lovely. <laughs> now, Medina, I know that you also offer a free report on the top 10 ways to overcome a problem life. Please tell people how they can receive that and what you define as a problem life. Sure. Well, I mean, I guess every person living on the planet in a sense has um, areas of challenge that they're working with so <laughs> we can pretty much lump everyone on the planet in, in into that sort of framework and you know problem life is is um, one way of describing it there's different ways of describing it uh, you know life is inherently going to always give us challenges and learnings you know you don't there are periods when we can have a smooth path, and, and that's fantastic. And but I I also think that it is our birthright to be in happiness and joy. So it's being able to have these things coming up and these learnings, but staying in that state of happiness and joy as much as we can. Um, you know, there's a lot of work to do before we can get off into that place. But um, I think a problem life would be one where just there are any challenges that we're dealing with on on any level. Um, that that was really what I was talking to when I put that heading in that. And um, the, the ways that I have in this report are a lot of creative ways where we are using creative gifts to tap into our authentic self and who we are because in this world that is so externalised, especially the Western culture, we lose sight of our authentic self and we we disconnect from our inner and from who we are. So these are techniques to really connect again with all the aspect of our being. And you can find this free report at um, www.mycreativetherapies.com.au. So that's uh, mycreativetherapies, I-E-S on the end, .com.au. And that free report is just gives you a basis of um, skills in terms of creativity to really make that inner connection and I think that's really uh, an important thing to focus on when we're living in this externalized you know, Western society. 
Yes, 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 my goddess sister. This is such a juicy conversation, Medina, but I knew that it would be because we're both we're both Leo sisters, by the way. I know that you had an August birthday. I'm a July 29th Leo. And I just feel oh, so much with you. So thank you. Thank you for this beautiful conversation. Any parting words that you would like to leave uh, for, you know, one of our spiritpreneur sisters who is listening and going through a challenging time? Absolutely. Well, firstly, I'd like to say thank you so much, Abiola. I think that, that your presence in the world and the gifts that you bring and the work that you do is just infinitely powerful. So, um, you know, props to you for everything that you're doing. And I, I also want to acknowledge that it takes a lot to be a public persona and, and to, to step into that space. So, you know, I really honor you for that. I think that's really amazing. And... Um, in terms thank of you. Uh, empowering people, <laughs> that's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, so, in terms of empowering people who are going through challenges, um, I, I think to to really try to go to that quiet inner space within, where you understand and ask what the lesson is that's being taught to you. So, going in and saying, "What am I gaining through this experience? What is it teaching me?" Because once you realize what the lesson is or what the learning is, then you can work through it easier. And, and it, it, it also gives us a sense of a strong sense of purpose about you know, why things are happening and can be really empowering. And just honoring that life is a, a, a series of cycles and changes. You know, everything changes all the time. Nothing stays stagnant. So if you're going through something really difficult, in, in, in a period of time, it will change. Everything will be different. And you will be, believe it or not, you will be better off from having gone through challenging experiences because um, they, they bring us to a different space where we really go to a deeper place and tap into all our resources and, and, and allows us to really grow much more profoundly. And we don't also have to go through going through negative things we can get to a point where we don't have to experience negative things all the time in order to grow and evolve I don't think it is necessary something that we have to do but if you are going through that then um, you know really nurture yourself be kind to yourself and pace yourself you know one day at a time and be in the present moment that's so important just to really Bring yourself into that current space, that present space where I'm fully here, right here, right now, I'm fully here. You know, keep repeating, I'm fully here within my body, right here, right now. And breathe into that space. Use your breath to really expand into your body and be fully centered in, in the current moment. And that is our true source of joy as well. Once we go into our past or we go into our present, that's when we step out of that space of joy. So... That's a really important technique. Yes, be fully centered in our present moment. Thank you again, Medina. I look forward to future collaborations. I feel them. I feel them in the ether. <laughs> and oh, thank that's you to so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and to you, my beautiful spiritpreneur. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to seeing the magic that you create in the world. If no one has told you today, oh, I you. love you. <laughs> uh, love you too. Here. And um, can I just leave leave people with one last word just to finish? Yes, um, do. The word, the word be you till full. 
So the word beautiful comes from that four special words, be, you, till, full. And that is really what I like to leave with. <laughs> yes, that's a beautiful way to close. Be, you, till, full. Yes. <laughs> Dream bigger, my love. Love yourself. Oh, Bye. Thank you. Many blessings, Fabiola. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.